0: The following is a conversation. It has the features of any conversation, such as imperfectly expressed thoughts, ill-considered opinions, and the notions of several sleep-deprived brains. Try not to get your stethoscope in a
1: twist about it. How's your first few weeks of medical school going? You all right? You doing all right?
2: Yeah. You know, last week, last week was tough, but it's good to have a rock bottom. So (laughs) (laughs) the only way is up, I think, hopefully. Hopefully. Okay. Okay.
0: What about you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a lot. I feel like during orientation week, they spent a week telling us medical school is going to be hard, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Medical school is going to be hard. I got this." And then I came in, and medical school was hard. Yeah. Lo and behold. yeah,
2: that's how I feel too.
0: I was like, "Yeah, they told me this, but it is hard." Yeah, <laughs> it
2: didn't
3: sink in the same way. What yeah, well, I was it?
0: like, "I think I'm prepared. I think I know what hard is." And then yeah,
1: you can't possibly, you can't possibly know yeah. until you. are until you get to enjoy it right what would you what would you say you've enjoyed the most about the last couple of weeks i've honestly really (laughs) like can't think of a thing
0: (laughs) well i really liked uh anatomy like the lab portion because that was the first time i've ever done anything like that um so just the dissections and seeing everything compared to just seeing diagrams of stuff you know yeah high school undergrad you've seen diagrams of the heart but actually Holding a, they're always so
1: nicely is. colored and so you know, <laughs> yeah, <like> right <laughs> standard looking shiny. Yeah, and then you go look at it, the and real like, thing. Wow, like, it's it's in three D and
0: it. I guess it looks like the diagram if you hold it up in a particular way. <laughs> yeah. But you know when you turn it upside down and look at the back, it's looks nothing like the diagrams anymore.
1: Was it was it okay going into this I mean, sometimes I hear stories about people being freaked out during anatomy, but.
2: the the first time is it's a new experience you're like wow this is how it's done i definitely
1: i think being within
0: the group you know it's a little bit more shielded i guess i mean i went in once during a weekend and i you know i was getting into um, our body donor by myself and that's kind of when it really hit me at first i was like wow you know i'm this was a person yeah um good what about you most enjoyable
2: um, even Hard. though we've only had like three weeks of lectures, I feel like I've learned so much that connects to cases that I've seen in the clinic and my previous shadowing experience. So it's nice to have those, like those puzzle pieces really coming together.
1: Nice. What about finding your people? You found, found some people.
2: Um, I found all the lecture people because I'm also a lecture person. I think we're all lecture people here.
1: So, so part. you you, yeah. you don't you you haven't succumbed to the temptation yet of the recorded lecture.
0: <laughs> I'm kind of a hit in this. <laughs> <laughs> She yeah. looks like
1: you might be watching. Yeah, be watching.
0: maybe some <laughs> of those you don't eight a.m. guilty know? about it. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. I'm just not responsible enough to not go to lecture. Like, you think it's the other way around, but the truth is, like, you have to be really responsible to, like, know that you're going to sit down and watch them.
0: In the margins of medicine, it's the Shortcode Podcast.
3: Weird news. Fresh views. Helpful clues and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com.
1: Welcome back to the Short Code Podcast. This is the show that gives you an inside look at medical school from the students drinking from that fire hose, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. With me today in the SCP studio, a bunch of M1s fresh from wherever they came from. <laughs> Smile vaguely, but non-threateningly at M1 Srinath Nandakumar. Hello. Did I do it right? Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: give a brisk, but friendly nod to M1 Fallon Jung.
2: do 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 do
1: And be sure to pump her outstretched hand vigorously for far too long. It's M1, Jacqueline Nielsen.
2: Yeah, I love handshakes.
1: (laughs) I'm so glad you guys have decided to join me. I hope this doesn't put you off from joining me again at some point. I also hope that. (laughs) But this week we've got a listener question from Thomas, who wants us to talk a little bit about how you guys came to the decision that medicine was your career path among the many that, you know, smart people like you could have chosen. Let's hear from Thomas. Hey, my name's Thomas. Love the show. I'm a recent bachelor's of chemical engineering graduate, and I'm considering a more service-focused career, which naturally led me to exploring healthcare and med school. My questions are, one, how did you all overcome self-doubt in your career discernment process? And two, how did you decide between good options? That is a great question. I don't know like I don't know if my experience my personal experience is applicable to you Thomas I'm 53 years old. I've only recently come to realize that I'm where I <laughs> where I probably should be. What do you guys think what you know so I, I, why don't we start off by talking about what we studied in school versus what we're doing now? Go ahead Jacqueline.
2: So I wasn't a pre-med in school. I thought I was going to just be in research for the rest of my life. Um, and the specific science that I'm interested in is molecular biology, genetics, and cell bio.
1: And we should say you're uh, an a medical scientist training program.
2: Yeah, so medicine. I- So you're so,
1: working towards your MDPH. Yeah,
2: you don't have to decide sometimes. Sometimes you get to do <laughs> everything that you want to this do This is in your career. vast
1: hedge in your, <laughs> yep. in your plan, okay. Uh, what about you, Shri? Yeah, you know, when I was
0: Growing up, I could kind of see myself doing a lot of different things. Maybe I just had a good imagination. I don't know. Fireman, astronaut. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd look at something. I'd be like, "That's kind of cool. I yeah. could, I could do that. I w- I want to do that." But you know, I yeah. can't do everything. But a couple things I was really interested in. I, I was interested in medicine, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to be here. I also really liked airplanes. That was something that interested me a lot, and so. My major in undergrad was actually aerospace engineering.
1: Why did you choose that over all of the other ones for an undergrad major?
0: For an undergrad major? Well, so, you know, I always had medicine in the back of my mind, and I know that you can major in anything to do that. Sure. So I figured, well, let me try exploring something else I'm interested in. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I used to initially I grew up in Seattle, and so that was very close to Boeing. Mm. Um, So at a young age, I remember going to the Boeing factory and seeing them make airplanes, and I was like, this is incredible. And so I I did study aerospace engineering. I took all the, you know, the bare bone pre-med requirements as electives. And so going in, I made sure I would be So able you to do had
1: that. you had a a backup plan it sounds like.
0: Yeah, that I was, did. And you know, after I graduated, I did work a few years as an engineer in mm-hmm. industry and then before coming to medical school. So, you know, I'm I guess, you know, the the listeners in a similar boat where I was, I guess. In a career thinking about changing his
1: trajectory to medicine. Fallon I looked you up on our database. <laughs> doesn't say much, but it does say that you are a classics major. you got a classics degree.
3: I did so. The truth about that is
1: I I don't mean to expose you. No, no, no. So the
3: truth about that is I went in actually as pre-med and then I was sitting in chemistry class one day and person sitting next to me in chemistry. I hope you're listening. uh, But he looked at me and went, if you're not stressed, you're not doing it right. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, maybe I don't belong in chemistry. Like maybe I don't belong here, right? Like maybe this isn't what I want to do. And I knew I always loved classics. I knew I was really interested in education, and so I ended up getting my degree in classics and in education. And I did all of my student teaching as a, like a sixth grade Latin teacher, and I loved the teaching aspect of it. I loved the kids, but I realized that just teaching. And specifically teaching Latin wasn't gonna be enough for me. And so I ended up taking some time off. I did some work in medicine related stuff. Like mm-hmm. and then I went back to school and got a degree in biology and here I am. All right. Yeah. So basically I just I know that I'm interested in both medicine and teaching, but medicine allows you to do other things like outside of just
1: clinic right so like i can teach and be in medicine Medi- yeah medicine's a really interesting career because yeah. i i hear a lot that people you know when, when you become a doctor you know at a certain point the world is your oyster in terms of other things you can do with that you know you can specialize in certain patient populations you know you could you know you Sri could go and use your aerospace engineering background as a physician fucking work for NASA this opens up different fields there are different ways that you can use your your degrees which I think is really interesting and I don't think it's true in some other um, career paths in the same way
2: I think it's really overlooked um, in medicine how different your career can look Mm -hmm. and I think the best way to figure out what you want your career to look like is to just talk to and shadow a lot of doctors that have a lot of different ways that they spend their time
1: yeah yeah i i so it sounds like y'all's path was a little bit a little bit winding and i think that's totally cool if you needed my blessing for that you've got it because i think it really not having that certainty um actually is a, a benefit long term you get to explore some things and, and you know figure out where you fit into those things, into those places a little bit more than you otherwise would if you were like certain, you know, you wanted to be in medicine. So, in Thomas's situation, what would we advise Thomas to do when he's thinking about his future?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he should think about what pulls him to medicine. Yeah. Um, you know, he said a service oriented career. And, you know, I remember in some of my interviews, Uh, a question was, you know, there are a lot of careers out there that are service-oriented. What In medicine, even, yeah. In medicine, yeah. Yeah. And so what draws... Why do you want to be a doctor in particular? Yeah. And, you know, I was always like, well, isn't taking an eight-hour test called the MCAT enough? (laughs) 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 What more do you want? Yeah, what more do you want me to say? But uh, But, yeah, I mean, I, I think if he's looking for service and giving back, there's a lot of different ways you can do that. You know, even in the community, volunteering outside of his work to a cause that he's interested in. So, I mean, I think he should think about what draws him towards medicine and what makes him feel like that is the right career for him, as he put it in his
1: question. Yeah, Yeah, and I think your advice to speak with people um, more, you know, to, to basically shadow or speak with people who work in medicine, and not just physicians, um, I think that's spot on. You've really got to talk to people and figure out what they like about it, what they don't like about it. You've got to gather a lot more information. I mean, it's a really expensive, I, you know, like let's be clear, it's a really expensive
3: time job
1: and to get in a lot of different ways, whether you're talking about time or money. So you want to make sure that you gather as much information as possible. You know, ask them about their day. Yeah. What do they enjoy? What challenges do they face? What do they hate about their jobs? You know get insights into the reality of their career i think that's important
3: absolutely yeah i would also say that if he happens to be in a space right now where he is like in engineering already think about what he's missing right now if he feels like he's missing anything and if medicine would fill that void that's great
1: right that's on. a great idea yeah
3: that's exactly what happened with me in
1: teaching i felt yeah.
2: like i was missing
1: something yeah you know, think about your skills, your values, your interests. Think about how those things align with what's important to you and what you're good at. You know, maybe, you know, you might not have the answer to that yet. I think it's, you know, as a 22-year-old, I'm going to assume that Thomas is, is about 22 years old. I could be wrong, but, you know, when I was 22 year olds, two years old, I didn't know nothing. I didn't know what my values were. I didn't know what I wanted to do to do with my life at least thomas has an idea but yeah to I to figure that's out
2: totally, what you want to do totally fine yeah.
0: you know do some engineering for a while yeah. right so, I, yeah i mean it's there's definitely not a time crunch or anything mm-mm. just looking within our own class you know they publish statistics and there's people ranging from 19 to 32 you know so a, a lot of people take a few years between undergrad to go into medical school doing something else you know working in um some kind of industry or you know figuring out what they want to what they want to do before they end up in medicine so yeah
3: yeah maybe give yourself the permission to try other things that you never thought you'd try before either
1: mm-hmm. um. you're a young person let me tell you something young people don't realize how open the universe is to them take advantage of that in whatever way that makes sense to you you know you mentioned shree volunteering and and Or I think you mentioned volunteering. Did I think? Yeah. I mean, just basically, you're putting yourself out there in different situations. And one of the best ways to do that would be to volunteer. Right. A lot of people look at shadowing that we've already talked about. A lot of people look at I wanted to make sure I mentioned this. A lot of people look at shadowing as a hoop that you have to jump through in order to get into medical school. I encourage you to not think of it that way. I encourage you to think of it more as a safety net. I, I encourage you to think of it as a way to gather information to really make sure that you know what it is you're getting into. This is not, you know, as we've talked about in the show many times, it's not the easiest path that you can take. And there's a lot to think about, um, a lot to understand. It's hard to know what you don't know. And one of the ways that you find out those things is by, you know, interfacing with other people and understanding what they do.
2: I would say what made me confident That I was on the right path was all the reflection that I was doing for our applications. Mm -hmm. The time I was spending interviewing and talking about why I'm here, why I want to do this. It all felt really right. It made me feel really calm. That's a good point. And sure versus I was I wasn't questioning myself. It felt like the really natural thing for me to do.
1: So seriously, you didn't think of all these reflection things that you had to write your secondary applications blah 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 blah. you didn't think of them as a huge pain in the ass
2: oh they're they're a pain in the ass but they're also (laughs) a great like platform to really reflect and think deeper about yourself that not everyone gets yeah
1: i think there are good reasons for schools to ask these questions of you Mm -hmm. so that you know you take a minute to figure out what it is you're trying to accomplish and why this is a very med student suggestion i read Make a decision matrix to score each option on important factors. Tally up totals to guide your choice.
3: I mean, yeah.
0: (laughs)
1: That's a formal way of doing what we said.
3: If that's you, Thomas, you you live your best life. But I also think like, you know, the mushy things inside of you also have like, they
1: should have their proper say. We've already established that vibes are important.
3: Vibes are important
1: codes if you're enjoying our conversation today, I'd be grateful if you'd let people know by posting a story on Instagram or Facebook or tweeting about us. And don't forget to tag us in your post. Thank you. Did you imagine? Did you? Okay. Did you fantasize about your future career? Yes. Because this is one thing that I this is one bit of advice that I read, which is imagine yourself in your future career. Which vision gets you more excited and motivated?
2: Ooh, it's like a vision board. I don't know if that's how I...
1: Yeah, sure, make a vision board. Yeah. I don't know if that's how I work, but... I, I,
2: equally, imagine the things that you don't want your career to look like. Yeah, um, And I think that can help you narrow down some choices as well. Yeah.
1: Okay. yeah, I, need an, I, I feel like um, I need a.
2: Like, I never want to be tied to my desk 40 to 60 hours a week. I want to be able to be up... Doing things, going different places, talking to different people.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah.
3: I actually remember specifically making a list about what I wanted my job to look like and what I didn't want my job to look like. This was like way back in the day. But yeah, like I didn't want, for example, to be working on holidays. That was something like I want to be able to spend time with my family. So,
2: yeah.
1: that will That will come.
2: Yeah, well, uh, Hey, 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 hey. hey, hey. <laughs> Once you get like a a professorship, then then you cannot work holidays.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> we, we don't want to rain too hard on.
3: Just let me hang out in my bubble for a <laughs> in little, my little. happy yeah. place. It's something that I
1: would like to aspire to. That, yeah. You know, the the other thing is, I mean, yeah, you, you know, you can choose your specialty based on right. these yeah. ideas. Yeah. Certainly not every specialty is going to end up working on. Uh, when you don't want to work.
3: So. Thank you, Dave. That was a nice save. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's a good
1: way to kind of set your priorities. Residency, not so much, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 you're good. I was just going to say it's a good way to kind of figure out what your priorities are for your career. I, I mean, you might get into a trap where you're like, this is my ideal career, and then every job has a little bit of stuff mixed in that you... Don't necessarily
1: care. Not for, for me. I enjoy every single aspect of my job. Every scrap of paper that I moved from one place to another when they were happier where they were. Every every form that I fill out. Oh, it's such a joy. Oh. Wow. You really made it. I'm I know. Oh. Wow. I know. Every time opening? the form gets sent back to me and it's and they're like, You did the wrong form. Love it.
2: Then you just get to do more forms.
1: More, exactly.
3: Maybe, can you set up a desk for me over on that side and we'll like Yeah. I'll just I'll I'll drop out and then I'll become little Dave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> little
1: Dave.
2: You can do an internship. Yes. A
1: Dave's apprentice. I love that idea. I've always wanted a little little Dave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there's one other thing we haven't talked about yet, which is very few decisions are permanent. So true. You can change careers. I know people who have changed careers from one field of medicine to another. Does it mean you have to work harder? Yeah, you got to go back through the match. For instance, you got to do you know a new residency, all that kind of stuff. There's nothing that says that you can't do that. And you know, I know a guy who went from internal medicine to radiology, like later in his career, and it worked out. Mm-hmm. Even if you decide, you know, I, I think the 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 scarier version of that is to decide you don't want to be a physician after you've already begun because there are some sunk costs involved in being you know proceeding some way through medical school and residency training which is you know why i so strongly encourage you to like look at your options really closely and make sure that you understand what it is you're getting into yep. you don't want i mean i think the least ideal option in this case would be to get through some portion of your residency training owing a whole bunch of money that you're going to have tr- more trouble recouping if you change gears maybe changing gears from doctor to engineer might not be so bad in, in those terms but it's something to think about
3: There are some situations, I think, where like you can go into consulting if you have an MD, but Mm -hmm. you don't practice or like you can work for uh, like the biotech companies. And honestly, I would like
1: to I don't know, like I know that the whole job of a state medical school especially is to create physicians for the state. Like I get that. Mm -hmm. And I get that we for that reason don't really want to talk about the people who maybe just want to get an MD and not practice medicine because that's not what we're kind of here to do but it happens people do it i think people don't talk about it when they do that just because you know they don't want to they don't want they don't want any of this any stigma associated with that i feel like we could be a little bit more open about it though yeah i think it's all right
0: yeah i mean i feel like there's a decent amount of mds that are in research for example innovating Mm -hmm. creating new therapies and stuff and that's what advances the field and university has a commitment to research yeah so you know it's still serving iowa in in a way just not as a physician seeing patients directly
1: yeah well no i think i you know to be clear i think that's among the so if we were going to divide careers into acceptable and unacceptable based on the mission of the college which is Mm. that's not how i look at it but you know then that would certainly be among the acceptable ones. I, th- I think the ones that people are more hesitant about are the ones where they're like, I went to school and got my MD and then I became a business, a business person like that. I, my perception is that feels a little less like something that we, you know, sort of want to encourage people to, to, to do. I have no problem. I just want you guys to be out. Look, I don't care if you. Be, I, I'm gonna. Here's a little secret. I don't care if you guys become doctors or not. Okay, what I care about is that when you get out of here, you've got a career that you enjoy and that you want to be involved with. However, I am paid to care that you become a physician.
3: Well, we already established I'm going to become Little Dave. Here. <laughs> <laughs> already,
2: you've already lost one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll
1: tell you what. If you if you become Little Dave. You can right. call me Dave Vett. If, if you become Little Dave, but you have your MD, then I'm still happy to call you Dr. Little Dave.
3: Ooh, okay. Okay.
1: Okay. You're on. This is a great plan. <laughs> this, is, this is perfect. Yeah.
3: I'll just work over in the hospital. I'll run on over to yeah. my desk. Yeah.
1: Dr. David, oh. podcasting consultant.
3: Yes. yes. <laughs>
1: Anything else we want to tell Thomas before we let him go off to his fantastic life that he's got?
3: Thomas, you got this. Yeah. It's a tough decision. You're not always going to feel 100% about it all the time, but you will know in your heart of hearts what you want to do. That's what my mom always tells me.
1: Okay. (laughs) What's your mom's name? Teresa. Teresa? Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa. (laughs) Mother Teresa. Excellent advice. Um yeah and i guess you know like so there's still going to be times when you you know once you've made your decision there's still going to be times when you're like having imposter syndrome or you're you know sort of doubting yourself it's cool it's all right that's how i mean i know deans who admit to feeling that way it's cool
2: you don't have to have it all figured out absolutely not you can't have it all figured out right now
1: life is really about the long game yeah Mm -hmm. totally Good luck, Thomas. Let us know let us know if your comment from May. (laughs) If you're still listening. Maybe he interviewed today. uh, Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, we had our first round of interviews today. Look, here's a funny I was on so I I had to make a trip to Maine this weekend. How was it? Well, I was dropping my daughter off in Maine. She decided to move to Maine this past spring. And she's only nineteen years old. And so I was kind of a wreck. So it like 20 hours worth of driving and then a flight back on a day when I was an absolute emotional wreck. So mm. there is that. But I was on the plane. I can't remember. I think it was the I think it was the flight from Chicago to Cedar Rapids. And I was sitting next to this woman. And I only remember her, I think, because I was kind of leaking at the eyeballs over my over my my daughter's departure from my life you know, from my parental sphere of whatever that is, right? Yeah. So, you know, I was kind of, I was a little embarrassed and whatever. And so I just happened to notice the people around me and I, I realized, no, nah, nobody's paying attention to me. I can, I, I can, it's fine. Then I was walking down the hallway here the next, on, on Tuesday. And I'm like, there's that woman. She was sitting right next to me. Across me. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out she's applying to medical school. <laughs> she's <laughs> like oh i i said i said i think i'm pretty sure i sat next to you on the plane she's like oh yeah Aww. you're the you're the poor sad guy (laughs) well she probably had her own world i know right the great thing about planes is nobody's nobody watches anybody else on a plane i think
3: well hey if she was nice and empathetic about it that's a little point for her right well i should have
1: i should have (laughs) asked i just thought that was kind of a a weird little coincidence it seems to happen with some regularity on flights from chicago to to cedar rapids so
2: not many people make that flight i mean
1: (laughs) right exactly um so yeah she had her interview today
2: Oh well, good luck you.
1: Good luck you. <laughs>
2: yeah, first interview day, very nice. Yeah, hope your other ones come in, come rolling in. Yeah. Was
1: interview day scary? Do you remember? You, you remember? Come on.
2: Well, and I was on Zoom, so oh. that like changed things too. But it is nerve wracking. But nerve you, for so, me yeah, it was so nervous. So we had,
1: I, I think, in your year. Unless you defer moment um, or something,
2: all of the MSTP interviews, oh, okay. at least last year, were all
1: virtual. Oh, okay, all right.
2: so didn't really have a choice, even though I was in Iowa City. Mm.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay.
3: Do you remember my first interview? <laughs>
1: um, I remember you being here. I remember you introducing yourself.
3: Yeah. So I I popped it like it was. So I applied twice, and like the first time around, I had been listening to the podcast a lot, and I was like god
1: it's dave's
3: office <laughs> and so i like i was walking to my I,
1: I love this by the way i'm not i'm gonna be honest i eat that shit up
3: <laughs> I, like, I walked and i like popped my head in and i was like wow hi dave and then like i got a little starstruck and i couldn't think of anything else so i said i'm a little starstruck and he went hmm. <laughs> i did not you did you were like uh, it's nice to meet you um, and, I was, no. <laughs> and i was like
1: Okay, you. you, I'm sure you caught me at a moment where I was like,
3: "It's okay. Who knows what to? Who knows what to say to that? I just. It was on. It was on the mind, and so I said it. And then mm, it's okay though. But there was a
1: second time.
3: There was a second time, and somebody else like reintroduced us, and it was extremely awkward. I don't remember who it was, but they were like, Dave, this girl listens to the podcast. And you were like, hmm. And then we kind of like walked next to each other, but like neither of us said anything. <laughs> I don't
1: remember that. Oh my God, I'm horrible. You
3: were wearing a light colored shirt. It looked nice on you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: Why are you here, Fallon? Why? What? The impression that I give is apparently not a great one.
3: No, no, no. I just think like...
1: What made you go, mm, yeah, that's the place for me, the place where the awkward people are? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I listened to the podcast so much, and everybody was just so kind every time I was here. And, like, it's just not uh, okay. I don't want to hate on the East Coast because I love the East Coast.
1: But, I'm from the East Coast. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, like, so I get it.
3: It's just not the same. Yes. And I really felt immediately welcomed here. Except you know Except what for the Dave you, guy. Were, you were giving me East Coast vibes. That's what it was. Maybe it was, yeah. Like yeah. I haven't,
1: I haven't fully acclimatized.
3: Yeah. Well, no. my
1: apologies.
3: Don't be a don't. I mean, obviously, I'm here. I wasn't hurt by it. Okay. I'm also an East Coaster. I get what it feels like.
1: Okay. <laughs> that's funny.
0: Yeah, but I agree with Fallon. You know, I think Iowa's strength is the people. Mm-hmm. You know that that's. I I think everyone loves the people that are in Iowa. And, and university bio, especially. The um, community. The community.
2: I think we all just want to see each other live our best lives. Yeah. Which unfortunately isn't true everywhere you go. Yeah. Right. Absolutely.
0: And, you know, I, I got to interview in person, which is great because this is one of the few places that actually offered that option. And uh, I prefer the in person interview more than Zoom. Partly because I don't like seeing myself on camera when I'm talking. I always turn Which is why up. every time I turn over there and see the screen, I'm like, no, Don't look at that. Can't
1: look at that. <laughs> I always turn my, uh, yeah, I always turn my uh, my self-view off. <laughs> yeah. Because the first, few, you know, I always forget in the first few minutes, and then I realize I'm looking only at me, and then I feel like an ass.
3: <laughs> so, right. I once saw this little thing that was like, I am Narcissus, and the little Zoom screen is smiling. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Shortcoats, we love to hear from you, no matter what it's about. So call us at 347-Short-CT with questions, shower thoughts, complaints about your situation, whatever you like. We'll talk about it on the show. A recent study suggests female surgeons are better in some ways than male surgeons. Huh. Huh. I want you guys to have a battle of the sex. Right? <laughs> uh, studies in Canada and Sweden have found that patients had fewer complications and better outcomes with female surgeons compared to male surgeons. One found that 90 days after surgery, patients of male surgeons had 13.9% adverse events versus 12.5% for female surgeons. Uh, you know, okay. A year after surgery, death rates were 25% higher for patients of male surgeons. Another study of 150,000 gallbladder removal surgery patients in Sweden found patients with female surgeons had fewer complications and shorter hospital stays and that women worked more slowly and were less likely to switch from keyhole surgery to open surgery during an operation. You guys know what that is? Um, I it's
3: can like non-invasive. Yeah, I know yeah. where you the, know the gallbladder
2: is. Oh so.
3: uh, Yeah, it's green. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Did you guys figure that out this week? Last week?
3: Uh, a couple of weeks <laughs> ago, sort of. yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, here's my question: Why would this be true? Why are women? Why why might women operate more slowly and carefully than male surgeons, for instance?
3: I think women have more to prove than than men do. Just like in a general sense, I think generally there are less female surgeons. Like yeah. surgery feels male like,
1: dominated field. Right. Exactly. Even even still.
3: Right. So you you've really got to you've got to be good. to be to be there that would be my thought yeah and
0: i and i wonder if you know the stakes of messing up in a field that's dominated so heavily by men forces women to be more methodical and more careful which is probably better for the patient anyway
1: yeah Yeah, i was thinking about sort of the the confidence gap men seem sometimes more confident than they should be is my
2: is that because of their nature or their training? Who the hell knows? Mm.
1: Yeah. I mean Poor it, it could be it's okay. probably a mixture of both, right? That's the usual standard answer. And then I was thinking of the Dunning Kruger effect. You guys heard of this?
3: I have not. Mm-mm.
1: It's the it, it it's the claim that people who are unskilled in a task may be overconfident of their skills on that task. And I think by unskilled, and it's very it's it's not like people of low intelligence or people who don't know what they're doing are more confident it's basically more task specific so let's say i'm a physician i'm a surgeon and i'm doing a surgery that's less familiar to me right um i may be open be more confident than my skills warrant in that particular task even if i'm really good at other things um whereas maybe women are more encouraged i think in general to be be more self evaluative, I guess. I don't know. This is all kind of just garbage that I pulled out of my I
3: feel like generally women are sort of pushed to be a little bit more what is that word that we use to Collaborative? No, 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 no. Careful. Mm, Car accident. (laughs) No. (laughs) Does it start (laughs) with a C? No. This is always this is always happening to me. I will think about it and I'll just let you know when it comes back to me. Okay.
1: Yeah, there's a, and and, you know, there's sort of a stereotype of women being collaborative versus men who are sort of more authoritative, um, especially when they're in, I don't know, positions of relative power. Is that is that something you guys have noticed or experienced?
3: Self-deprecating.
1: That's the, yeah. That was
3: the word I was looking for. (laughs) In like, yeah, in all the stuff that we do, whether it's looks or, you know, like, jobs or that sort of thing and it's not like to a humongous extent all the time some people may disagree with me but
1: i know people who have been advised by their clinical evaluators like hey you don't need to be so self self-effacing yeah yeah uh, you don't need to crack as many jokes about how you do your job as a student all that kind of stuff you know just yeah keep, just, keep, just do it keep doing the things it's yeah. fine
2: yeah women are also better at multitasking are we Probably? really? Yeah, I think so. Look oh. it up. Um, maybe because of the <laughs> look it up. Do so- your research. The societal, you know, expectations of us just have made us have to multitask, raise I'm, a family, have a surgery career.
1: I have such, you know, like I have such a limited, I have such a limited window into these things that we're talking about right now because, I mean, like. It's not like I know every woman, you know, and it's not like I've studied this extensively, but I do feel that my wife is way better than than I am. And my yeah, way better than I am at these at these things. So I'll buy it. Mm -hmm. Difference in risk taking behaviors,
3: Mm -hmm. I think is definitely fair.
1: Yeah. Um. Like, you know, like if you're a surgeon and you're like, you know, well, I'm going to take this small risk. In doing this surgery. Maybe I I'll, maybe I'll work faster. Yeah. I guess that's a, that's a sort of a risky thing to do, like speeding through something in order to get to your next surgery or whatever.
3: Or even going from keyhole to open surgery. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why they created keyhole from the
0: first place. So. Yeah. Or even just advising surgery in the first place as a treatment option. Mm.
3: I
1: wonder if that mm. has to do with? Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah.
2: I think patient, you know, caseload would be interesting to do women just take on less cases so they're able mm. to spend more time or...
0: Or what specialties, maybe, and Mm -hmm. types of surgeries. Yeah, what types of
1: surgeries you're doing. Yeah, like if you're, I don't know, doing dermatology surgery, maybe that's less risky than if you're a gastroenterologist surgeon.
2: I would also be interested on the breakdown of female patients. Do they get even better care from female surgeons?
1: That's interesting.
2: Especially as historically women have been underheard Mm -hmm. by their physicians.
1: Listeners. We're giving you research ideas for free. (laughs) Okay, you know what to do. Research them. Research them. Write a paper. Get a be an author. It's cool.
3: And but then put us on.
1: Yeah, we want to be. (laughs) Yeah, I want to be
0: second author.
3: All
1: right. Well, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know I love me some large language model AI. Anybody any of you guys like messing around with this this are is not gonna play a game this is not a game i'm oh, sorry okay. but it is interesting it is a sort of news of the dumb um most people get that you should take care when using it um i read about a new zealand supermarket chain that tried using it to produce meal plans for customers pack and save in new zealand promoted the app as a way for cash strapped customers to creatively use leftovers here are some ideas that it came up with oh Oreo vegetable stir fries one of the more healthy <laughs> examples. <laughs> my one of my favorites, methanol bliss, which was sort of a French toast with a paint thinner <laughs> twist, I guess. Methanol <laughs> Bliss. Ant poison and glue sandwiches. Another favorite of mine, aromatic water mix, which was basically a solution that would make chlorine gas. <laughs> I like this. The app said it was the perfect non-alcoholic beverage to quench your thirst and refresh your senses. (laughs) Though it did note that inhaling the fumes could cause issues like death.
2: Oh, it noticed I mean, look. (laughs) It's self-aware.
1: It is. Uh, The company blames users for using the app in inappropriate ways. This happens every time. Look, companies. Every time you release a chat app, people are going to mess with it and it's going to generate news stories maybe just don't you know what i'm saying like wait a little longer Maybe just wait yeah. see what happens see what happens to your to your dumb app we
2: need yeah. uh we need clinical trials for ai yeah apps. <laughs> yeah
1: i lo- i i i use it all the time ooh I use it all the time
3: i only use i I, brain I, brain. I
1: talk to it
3: it has a microphone no part
1: but like i'll have a little i'll have a little conversation oh
3: you like you chit
1: i chat with it um sometimes if i'm or like one of my favorite things to do is you know if i'm thinking about something and i can't stop thinking about it like i'll go to an image generator and start generating images of that thing or or uh, you know sort of editorial images of that thing that i'm thinking about like for some reason, one day I was thinking about Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars making chocolate chip cookies for the stormtroopers, and I was like, "I gotta, I gotta make this a thing." <laughs> things
0: like that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, coming from the engineering world, I can kind of sympathize with this company. You know, I, I don't know how much testing and you know. I'm gonna say not this. a whole lot, no, but, <laughs> but there are just some things that you just cannot predict. One of my mentors at my old job used to say. It's hard to make something foolproof because fools are so ingenious.
1: Yeah. You You know, they were like of
0: all the different scenarios in the world and then someone else comes in and does something. You were like, wow, I would never expected this would have happened in a million years
1: until I actually put it out there. You know that what happened is they were like, because the conceit of this app is that you could put in ingredients that you had on hand and it would give you (laughs) recipes, right? You you people were like putting in ant poison and you know (laughs) to, to see what it would come up with. Of course. <laughs> of course they would do that. They're not going to use it like you think they're going to use right? it. Good lord. Uh, I, sorry, go ahead. Oh,
3: I was just going to say, it feels like an easy fix, though. Like, you try to put an ant poison, and it comes back as like, sorry, this
1: is not a food. And but the problem is, we don't know how these things work, really.
0: Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think you have to manually put guardrails on certain scenarios. And right. I think even with ChatGPT, I remember there was, you know, I used to, give out like violent advice and stuff if you asked it to and then they put guardrails around it so now i would just say something like sorry that's beyond the scope of what i can do yeah and so yeah i mean it's with some of the stuff it's you have a lot of unknowns and you don't know how people can misuse it in all the different ways it can be misused hmm.
2: and they I, definitely
1: yeah for sure make more money for so sure. I'm really, I've been messing around with, so we, you know, we get data from the double AMC on, you know, questionnaires that you guys fill out when you graduate and stuff like that. So I was messing with, you know, messing with that data and, and, you know, so basically you give it the data and say, what conclusions can you draw? And then it writes some Python code to figure out like the answer to your question. It's amazing, fascinating stuff. I can't tell if it's drawing the right conclusions or not, or if it's just telling me things I want to hear. But it's so interesting. I don't know. Like, I, people are freaked out about AI. I'm not. I feel like unworried about it. Um,
3: this either will age well or it will not. It, it, it will <laughs> or it won't. There's nothing I
1: can do about it, other than keep typing ant poison and things like that into it to sort of demonstrate why maybe these aren't a good idea. Yeah. These aren't a good idea or not. I don't know. I probably talk about AI a little bit too much on this show, but I feel like it's it's. The future of a lot of different things, and and maybe especially it's already in medicine.
2: Yeah, I'd rather hear about AI than the human genome project at this point. Oh, okay. Hmm. It's a little bit more relevant to the age we're in.
1: Well, I mean, what's I think what's kind of interesting is the intersections between those, you know, Mm -hmm. these these fields. You know, like when when we can, you know, use both of them at the same time to sort of come up with answers to our questions. Like that's that's pretty. That's pretty cool.
3: That will be pretty
1: cool, yeah. yeah. I think depending on the use case, their AI has a
0: role in medicine. I mean, it's already there. I mean, mm-hmm. with charting, everyone uses the the mic to do the voice to text. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, That's yeah. all the automatic stuff. Yeah. That's it's already yeah, we're saying, already using it. So, so, yeah. It's already there whether we know it or not. The extent to which it gets implemented may be a question that, you know, we have to figure out and see how much independence do we want to give these algorithms. And how much do we want the human
1: actually in the loop?
3: Right. Yeah. How much do we want to become dependent on it? Right. That's something that I worry
1: about. Personally. That would be a concern, sure. I, I would just encourage, that, you know, any medical student to or pre-medical student to go out and use it. You know, pay for it if you have to. They're not that expensive.
3: Yeah. But don't use it to write your personal. Don't statement. use it to write your
1: personal <laughs> statements. Don't do that. You could use it to ideate. About your personal statements. You could use it to, you know. Check grammar. Check grammar. It's pretty good at that. Yeah. But don't use it to write your personal statements. You're going to sound like a computer. Yeah. But yeah, I would def- I would definitely encourage people as a, I would say as a, almost a, uh, I don't know, like a, like build a, build a career skill because you're going to be using it. Does that make it? The career skill? Is that the word, Is that the phrase I'm looking for? You're going to be using it in your career. Learn about it now. I think that I think that ship has sailed. To it's going to be part of your life. That's my pitch.
2: Or find a friend who's really good at using it so that they can help you with your career goals.
1: That's a thing like I feel like you don't All right, so the big the biggest problem I have right now is the sort of social media that's cropped up around like here's how I think you should use AI. Right. So there are all these prompts people. People have built these prompts that they think are magical. And every every single time I try to use them, they they shit the bed. They don't work or something like that. So I, I think for me, just playing with it and not having and not having a particular agenda is teaching me more than than all of this advice that you can get on social media about how to use these things or 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 that just play with it you don't have to know how to use it that's the beauty of this thing is that you know they respond to natural language you don't you know so you put something in and it's and it gives you something you don't want and you're like okay i will try to phrase that better but that's the same thing as you know me talking to anybody i'm also not particularly worried about copyright issues but i'm probably a bad person because of that
0: yeah yeah i mean i kind of see where you're going with this you know I, I see things like ChatGPT as like an upgrade to google in a way mm-hmm. and if someone made a video of like this is how you should use google i'd be like why would i need to watch that i should be able to intuitively use google yeah
3: when you're talking about the copyright things are you talking about where like when artists have their work out on the internet and then chat sort of surveys that information and then uses it as its own to like make other art in that style
1: i have a little bit more uh, yeah i have a little bit more of a nuanced view of it but essentially that okay what i so i i first of all obviously i th- first of all any ai art should be labeled as such okay. i don't think it should be passed off as human art fair I do think that humans, so human artists look at art and they learn from that art and they incorporate that art into their own art, whether they intend to or not, like it becomes a part of them. That's the reason why art exists. Computers do it a lot more efficiently and a lot more quickly. So I, you know, so in a sense that's cheating. Um, But I don't think it's doing things that human artists don't do it's just doing it in a different way I don't love the idea of saying you know make it in the style of you know whoever yeah, and sort of making something that looks exactly like that style I don't think that's a particularly interesting use of the the technology Mm. so I don't know That's just my, as far as chat GPT goes, chat, you know, it was, it was trained on the data from the internet, New York times, like all that kind of stuff. It is possible to, in some cases, get that data back out, basically having it repeat the data that it was trained on. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do it, but apparently people have sort of figured out ways to, to make it regurgitate what it was trained on so that they can find out, for instance, you know, like, Oh yeah, you got that right from that from that New York Times article for instance. Gotcha. I don't know but for me you know when I look at stuff that's written by AI I feel like I can tell. Yeah. It doesn't feel especially like strong strong writing to me.
3: Especially when you ask it to summarize something and it always says in conclusion. Yes,
1: every time. <laughs> yes. In conclusion. Uh, yeah. I like to tell it to use unusual like I like to tell it to use different kinds of language like so for instance i'll say you know talk like a gen z Ooh, and then it throws in a lot of kind of lame gen z slang <laughs> that's not really that most you know gen zers would not use <laughs> anymore
2: well because like all the data it's based on is like pre-2020 too, right right so.
1: but it's kind of amusing yeah mm-hmm. i did i have been known to compose an email to podcasters using
3: that's super funny
1: using that little that little trick
3: i'm not gonna lie like i can't even think of what real gen z slang is when you said gen z slang the first thing i thought was that's whack bro
1: yeah <laughs> that's what it thinks yeah pretty much
3: i'm pretty sure that's like
1: early 2000s yeah well that's our show uh Shri jacqueline fallon thanks for being on the show with me today
2: Thank you for having us, Dave.
1: See, she knows how to do it. Happy to be here.
2: I just always, I don't Yeah, I feel
3: always
1: on the I'm, spot. You know, Fallon and I are going to be awkward together. <laughs> <laughs> throughout yeah. her, throughout her. We're going to be awkward together that'll be our thing
2: yeah this mm, mm. (laughs) (laughs) you haven't scared her away yet so
1: (laughs) what a poor decision it would be if i didn't thank you shortcuts for making us a part of your week if you're new here and you like what you heard today follow the show wherever fine podcasts are available like spotify apple Podcasts google podcast and youtube the producer of this episode is me yours truly the show is made possible by a generous donation by carver college of medicine student government and ongoing support from the writing and humanities program our music is by dr vox and Atmosphere. i'm Dave atler saying don't let the bastards get you down talk to you in one week hi short coats look Life in medical education, life in America, life in the world is often difficult, and I often wish I could help. All I have is this podcast, but in my wildest dreams, you have the support you need to lead a life of your choosing. You deserve to be happy, healthy, and successful in whatever ways you define those words. So if you need support because you've experienced racism, discrimination, harassment, mental health crises, I want you to be able to get the help